Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome to another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is a lot of fun. His name is Psycho Andy, and he's from Boston. And Psycho Andy's story is called Pants Are an Important Part of Life, as are underwear, Andy. Welcome to the show. The floor is yours. Hi, Jesse. How's it going today? It's going good. Tell me a little bit about when this story starts. Have pants always been important or just this this year? <laughs> uh, so, so this story is actually about my high school graduation. Um, I graduated in the year 2000, class of Y2K. Um, so, so we're going back about 20 years. So I do want to preface all of this with saying these memories are 20 years old. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, my high school graduation. So, uh, I, I'm, I might, I might accidentally name my school. I don't intend to, I just, it's not fair to the current administration to condemn them for something that happened to me 20 years ago. Um, I don't think that any of the administrative people that were around then or around now. So I just want to get that out. You know, I, I've grown, I've matured. Um, at the time, this was a very upsetting <laughs> uh, incident in my life. But now I look back on it uh, as I have this wonderful story that I get to tell people. And um, Andy, it's wonderful. So, and it's only 20 years old approximately. So mm -hmm. there is no, like, there's no uh, principal with a paddle or any, any, any beatings or anything like that, correct? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, the, the pants aren't uh, important to um, uh, shield myself from any damage or anything. Um, yeah, so, so the story, we'll get to the pants. Um, but that's, a, I, I thought that was a nice, you know, what title to get people interested. So we get there. Um, the story begins uh, about four and a half years before my high school graduation, about, about, three to six months before um, I even started high school. So, so this, this, I, the summer before or maybe even eighth grade? It was it was uh, somewhere in the second half of eighth grade. I don't remember when. Um, uh, so I was I was living in Boston or just outside Boston. And uh, my mom had visited Arizona for um, some retreat event thing. I, I, I don't remember the specifics. Again, this is over 20 years ago. She could tell you, but she's not here. Um, so she had come out here, uh, come, come out to Phoenix and gone to a thing and kind of fell in love with what had happened on that, that trip. And so, uh, my parents were divorced and there was one night where, uh, my brother was at, with his friends, I want to say. And so my mom and my dad and I, uh, they, they remained friends after they got divorced, but, um, the three of us went out to dinner and, while we were talking, my mom had suggested the possibility of moving to Phoenix and had thought, you know, well, what if we, you know, she, she always wanted to live in New Hampshire. She always loved how green it was there and, and nature and the trees and everything. Um, both of my parents were basically hippies. So, you know, and that's, that never left either of them. Um, uh, and so yeah, we, she had talked about moving to New Hampshire for a couple of years and then moving to Arizona. And uh, I had said, well, instead of 
moving from one place to another, you know, we moved a lot when I was younger um, and I ended up going to a, a several different elementary schools and two junior highs. And I thought I'd like to just go to one high school, which didn't end up happening, but regardless, uh, <laughs> you know, what if, what, rather than starting high school uh, in New Hampshire and then moving to Arizona halfway through, what if we just skipped New Hampshire altogether and uh, went straight to Arizona. Andy, um, Andy I yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you, but you bring no. up something that's a tried and true way that almost all kids feel. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I, I had military brats that were friends when I was growing up and military kids are used to moving every two or three years and constantly yeah. on the move. But as kids, we really don't want that. Could you imagine if you went to school and fell in love with somebody in New Hampshire and then you got to reward yourself <laughs> by moving to Arizona? Which, by the yeah. way, you, you mentioned something really interesting. Your mom is probably like me. She really appreciates the greenness of certain states. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Arizona from a northeastern point of view, it <laughs> seems like it's lacking green as far it's, as trees and stuff, you know? It's it's funny. Uh, having traveled back and forth from, from New England to uh, Arizona a couple of times, every time I come to Arizona, I look out a car window and I just think this looks like the surface of Mars. I, I just left a very lush forest. If I can use a, uh, a Star Wars reference, it looks like the uh, Endor, right? Where the Ewoks are from and they have all the, all the forest scenes. And then you end up on uh, Tatooine where everything is just sand and terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. two, two suns. <laughs> two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it feels like two suns here in Phoenix, doesn't it? Certainly does, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so my mom agreed that just going straight to air, uh, straight to Arizona made more sense than than going from one place to another, um, and and there's part of me that wonders, you know, what what would my life have been if we had gone to New Hampshire first, right? Would we have ever left New England? You know, um, would my mom have just waited a couple more years until I had finished high school? Uh, you know, my brother's five years younger than me, so there was always that to take into account as well, and uh, I don't know, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, if, if, you know, we had stayed for a couple of years. Andy, but, let me, uh, let me ask you an interesting question. Sure. I can't picture an argument that an eighth grader could make that would change <laughs> my adult mind. What this shows me is that your mom had a real respect for your and your brother's wishes because she probably used empathy to put herself in your spot Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, why the heck would any eighth grade soon to be freshman in high school want to go to a high school simply to leave it for another? So kudos, kudos on you and kudos on your mom for at least listening to your argument. And it sounds like it worked. You won an argument. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It, it wasn't an argument. It was it was more just a, a casual conversation. And, you know, this is this is 25 years ago or so. I don't recall exactly uh, how it came up in conversation. I don't I don't recall the details of that. I just I remember sitting in this restaurant with some very greasy deep fried food. I want to say deep fried mushrooms, uh, but that could be a mistake. It could have been um, uh, mozzarella sticks or something, something like that. Um, but yeah, I remember while we were talking, there was this greasy food on this, this bar, this New England, you know, hole in the wall bar. And my mom mentioning moving. And I said, well, I'd rather, I would rather just go to one high school than, than at least two. Um, so if we can just skip the middleman and go right to, right to the destination. That seemed like it made more sense. So we did, um, eighth grade finished up, um, 
and we packed up all of our stuff and moved across the country like less than a week after school ended for me too it was re- it was it was really fast was this and your first experience in arizona this was my first experience in arizona what, my what mom month, had come what out month was it june oh my god so let me ask you one question i always uh-huh. wonder when you step out of the plane do you instantly uh-huh. notice an oven like feeling so not the plane because when i got off the plane we got onto the jetway and oh, that's then right to the airport right. but yes the instant i walked out of the the, the the sliding doors at uh sky harbor airport opened up right the the glass side sliding doors and i walked out and it felt like i got hit in the face with a hairdryer at full blast as hot as possible just boom and that really is what it feels like to the people at home that have never been to Arizona. When you come to Arizona, it's mm-hmm. either hair dryer or beautiful weather. There's like no in between. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or just the oven still on from Thanksgiving, you know, and it's a couple days later and no one's ever turned it off. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember thinking, oh, did we make a mistake uh, as as we walked from the airport to the super shuttle to to get to where we were staying uh, before our, our place was ready. Um, so, so I ended up going uh, first to a, a charter school. Uh, my mom got hired as uh, administrative assistant, sort of vice principal, sort of. I mean, there was, there was the principal and there was her, and that was the administration at the school. It was very small. There were only about 100 students. I think we maxed out at like 125 at one point. Um, and it was seventh through 12th grade. So it was a junior high and high school combined. Um, and mostly I thought that that was a, a pretty fun time. Most of ninth grade was really good. Um, and then the beginning of 10th grade, we noticed some patterns. My mom had been let go due to um, whatever, whatever reasons adults have for leaving jobs and finding somewhere else to work and everything. Um, uh, and, and we went to a charter school because my mom is very much, let's just not, let's not just blindly accept the status quo let's explore other options and let's, let's try other things. So uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know charter schools, which I feel like most people should at this point, but uh, a charter school is basically like a private school, but it is state funded and it is state funded based on attendance, based on population. So however many students there are in the school, the state will give them, you know, X amount of dollars per student. Andy, is a charter school the same as an alternative school? Because I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 44. Right. And when I was in high school, you would have troubled students, uh, maybe even students that had babies already, and they would Mm -hmm. go to these Mm -hmm. quote unquote alternative schools. Is there a difference or are they the same? So alternative, I mean, alternative, as far as I know, is just a blanket term for anything that's not public or private education, right? Anything that is not a standard you know, where most kids go or where kids with money go. Um, so I, I, I can't answer that 100%. Uh, a charter school is a type of alternative school, but I would say like art schools would be considered alternative schools as well because it's, you know, just anything not the mainstream. Got you. Um, alternative is a weird word like that, you know? <laughs> well, it's just when I was younger, the charter school idea was kind of a fresh, newer thing. Right. And yeah. it, it seemed like it was really perfect for those that didn't fit in a traditional setting. Right. Yeah. And and I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I was typically in gifted classes. I was usually at a, a slightly accelerated learning rate. Um, I don't, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I 
Andy, I got to mention this. Yeah, I've had when I was in high school and junior high, we would occasionally have, you know, students come in from around the country mm-hmm. and they would all like within a week of talking to me, they would all let me know that Arizona schools felt like going back two grades to them because apparently in Arizona were stupid. Did you feel like school was extremely easy in Arizona compared to back east? Um. I don't know that I was that cognizant of it, but I do remember a lot of my ninth grade math classes felt like my seventh grade math classes uh, or eighth grade. You know, my freshman year of high school, uh, I definitely went through a lot of math that I had already learned. See, that really that really hurts my feelings, because I felt like when we were younger and not not you, Mm -hmm. but me and my my schoolmates. I felt like we could have handled the education and it's like, it's almost like you're, you know, we were ranked 49th out of 50th. I think only right. Mississippi was behind us. <laughs> and now we're like 40th out of 50th in case people around the country are wondering, but here's the sad thing about our 40th ranking. I think it's because schools 41 through 50, Andy, I think it's because they teach creation. So they're, <laughs> they're kind of docked, you know, but really they're just, they're no. smarter than, I don't know what it is about Arizona schools. Apparently we're so laid back. It's cool. Just learning slowly or something. Uh, possibly, you know, I, uh, I don't work in education, so I can't, I can't answer any of those questions. I just, I know what I went through. Um, and I know, and, and I looked at it as, you know, Hey, I'm in a, a different, I'm in a different state. And I knew that, you know, education standards are different from state to state. Um, and, and I was in a different type of school. Um, one thing that was actually really cool about my freshman year of high school is I actually earned credits in algebra one geometry and algebra two, my freshman year, because, because the school was, it was not a traditional setup. It was, you know, they very much kind of believed in like, well, if you already know this, there's no reason for you to sit through the entire class. So, uh, I was able to kind of just take a few tests and test out of classes. So I didn't have a typical math course for the second half of my freshman year. Um, like I just kind of took more computer classes and learned more computers from multimedia stuff. Andy, when you went to high school, not, I, don't, I know yeah. you're still on junior high here or freshman year. Oh, no, this year, is we're, yeah, right? freshman year here. But yeah. what I was going to ask you is because of those credits that you were able to take in the, in the school that you had went to, Mm-hmm. Were you able to end up having a half day your senior year? You don't have to go into it. I was just wondering, did you have a yeah. half day option? So, so we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so uh, halfway through 10th grade, um, the thing about going back to the charter schools, right? Like their, the, their funding is based on the number of students. And so what would end up happening and, and the thing about public schools and charter schools is they have to accept anyone that applies, right? Like there's no, there's no testing in, you can just kind of test out of classes. So if a kid is kicked out of one school, they can go apply at a different school, usually in a different district or whatever. But like we found that a lot of the kids that were getting kicked out of the public schools were coming to this school because it was technically a different district, um, even though it was just right down the street. You know, it's, it's starting to sound a lot more like those alternative schools that I was talking about. Right, right. Well, so, so there was some of that. And then there was, they found this loophole where they needed the money. So they, a kid would, would come in and, and they would do their things and they'd get their strikes or whatever. And they get kicked out of the school again. And then they would just reapply. And they, the school would be like, well, we have to accept anyone that applies. And so they would just let them back in. So Would they, they get double funded for the same student? 
well, they, they would lose funding for them being kicked out the first time, but they would get the funding back for them because all the state cared about was the number of students. They didn't care about who they were. Interesting. Right. So effectively, there were no consequences for bad behavior because you could get kicked out. And, re- and there, there are a couple of kids that like, I think reapplied like two or three times. So <laughs> like, that sounds just, like you went to a goofball school now that you say that. So Eddie. this is why I'm not mentioning the name of the school, because <laughs> right? I don't want to, you know, this was this was the 90s. You know, society was very different. Things were all very different than they are now and i don't i don't uh i don't even think that the person that ran the school is even alive because she was pretty old at the time so um so so halfway through so christmas break 10th grade i uh i was unenrolled from that school um some of the teachers who disagreed with these administrative decisions and a bunch of the parents of the gifted kids or equivalent of gifted kids um got together and started their own charter school and so and Andy, before you get into the get together and starting their own school, yeah, which kind of sounds like secession to me, um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when okay. we get back, we're going to uh, get into this new school that the uh, teachers and and uh, faculty are plotting. OK, so we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand Internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. 
Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Okay, so uh, before we went to break, Andy, you were telling us that your school teachers and stuff started thinking that these little administrative policies with students coming and going, this, that, and the other, were not really uh, kosher in their minds, so to speak. So they decide to go ahead and start their own school. People can think is one thing, to do is another. Were they successful in their plot? So they did start a new school. Yes, that did happen. Um, To begin with, it was it was a uh, it was a series of events. Um, uh, so we started. I, I want to say uh, one of the kids' moms worked in real estate or something. Um, she was very successful and either co-owned or or worked in an office building that had some open offices. And so for the first couple weeks, maybe first month or so, we were in um, a rented out office space. And um, that's where we met for school. And I think it was the third quarter of uh, my, my sophomore year. Um, we moved to a back room in a library in Phoenix. Um, interesting uh, postscript to that. One of my friends actually works at that library now uh, for her job. So that's kind of a fun. Um, anyways, uh, so so yeah, we, we ended up going to this this school and and like one of the teachers basically he was he was brilliant and he taught basically everything um but by the end of the year he was just kind of burned out because he had spent you know all this time working with administration he disagreed with and then working at this new school where it was he was the only teacher effectively there were a couple of like uh incoming teachers who were like just finishing their their getting their certificate from college and everything but it was mostly him um, and I remember there were definitely days because we're in this library, right? It was just, just go learn, go read stuff. Right. And there were a couple days where, uh, it was, you know, Hey, we're just going to watch, you know, we're at this library. We're just going to watch all the classic cinema that this library has. So like I've seen Citizen Kane and Casablanca and Metropolis and like name a classic movie, uh, classic black, white movie. I've probably seen it. Um, I don't remember a lot of them cause you know, again, this is over 20 years ago, but, uh, that was kind of a neat uh, way to give us a nice rounded education. Andy, I think there's a lot of value in the classics. You can really learn a lot about what mm-hmm. things were back in, you know, the different periods and what have you. But what's interesting is I can't help but think if I was, uh, let's say if I was your parent at that time, I would be a little disappointed in that education curriculum. Was there a piece of you based on, you know, your back East experience? Was there a piece of you that just, did you ever just think, God, what the heck school am I in? This is hokey. So- so uh, I don't know if you remember when you were a high school, uh, a sophomore in high school, Jesse, but would you have ever thought, man, I guess I should be doing some more work? No, I, I would have. I would have loved doing <laughs> Citizen Kane and Metropolis right. and learning all the classics. Right. And, right. And, and even when he says, hey, go read something, that would have been great for me because I enjoy reading. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I, like I said, from a parental <laughs> point of view, I'd be like, you know, what do you mean? You, you read today and watched movies, but, oh, um, I, my parents never asked what I did in school. They just, you know, cared that I was getting good grades and not getting in trouble. So that was fine. Right. Um, 
yeah so so after that that semester um that teacher took off and some new teachers came in and the parents got together and and um we did a bunch of uh distance learning through the university of arizona um so self-paced independent study classes and so the university of arizona is um accredited right so so we were actually earning so that that's that's a big gap in my while i spent a semester learning things and um becoming a better rounded person and learning how to do independent research and everything um and, and watching a bunch of old movies which is great um none of that I never got credit for any of that semester. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So that plays into some of my senior year stuff as well. Um, so so we ended up getting independent study accreditation through the University of Arizona, but because everything was self-paced and everyone was kind of at different levels, because this, again, was a very small school of less than 50 students, um, it was really hard to have like a, a, a set curriculum because when there's 50 students amongst four grades, and, and honestly, I think, I think we were under 30 students a lot of the time. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to be like, well, we're going to talk about math and there's three kids in sophomore math, you know, like, so it was all just, there were teachers there to help us um, if we had questions, but otherwise it was read the textbook, do the worksheets, turn them in. Um, oh, so, so you again, did have, you did have computer interaction with the U of A curriculum, but you also oh, had, was, no, this was snail mail. This was pre-computers oh, in the classroom wow. kind of stuff. The reason I brought yeah. that up is because I was watching the news the other day and mm -hmm. like half the students in Chicago are failing math because everything is online now. I couldn't sure, imagine yeah. doing it via emails and this, that, and the other. And, and, you know, snail mail is where what they mail you a packet of work. And then, you know, we'll talk about it later, we, <laughs> you know? Yeah, basically it was, well, we, we would get like, we'd get textbooks um, that were, spiral bound basically right things that were lighter and, and cheaper to ship um those would get sent to us and then we'd get like yeah pat, you know here's your 10 assignments and you know send one in and get your response and and if you pass it great move on to the next one if you fail it go back and fix it or whatever um so as a result i only ended up getting four half credits that entire year i think i got a full year of english um, I know I got Arizona history because that was required for graduation. And I didn't want to do that again. And I got something else. I think it may have been the last math credit I needed to graduate. Um, I, there were some classes, Jesse, that I had finished and I just never took the final. And I can't tell you why it's because I was in 11th grade and a snotty teenager. Um, so, so my senior year, I thought, okay, well, this is not working, right? Like the charter school, the first one didn't work because of the, the weird, um, policies. This one isn't working because there's independent study, but I was not disciplined enough to get all my work done. If I had been, I probably could have gotten most of my stuff. I could probably could have graduated in three years. So in and, a weird, in a weird way, can you understand how the students are struggling right now in the COVID situation? Absolutely. With this, uh, external I absolutely learning? Can. Yeah. 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 And my heart goes out to every one of those students. Um, I, I am grateful that I'm not in that situation, but, uh, my situation wasn't terribly different. In no, it sounds almost spot on, but in yeah. a time machine way, you I mean, went through it decades earlier with a handful the, of kids, of course. Yeah. The difference is I, I, I still got up and went to a building every day and, and we still went and learned and I had friends and I made friends, a handful of those people I'm still very good friends with. Um, and uh, you know, it, 
now, I mean, obviously with COVID, like the kids can't socialize as well, can't socialize as easily. Um, uh, anyways, so that's, yeah, it, it was a very unique situation. So my senior year, I thought, okay, there's a public high school. It's like a six minute walk from my house. I'm just gonna, can, can I just go there and finish up my graduation, like finish up my credits, get what I need, graduate and just be done. And we'll talk about college later. Like I, I wasn't, I, I was so just ready to be done with high school and just all the ups and downs and, and changes and everything. Um, again, I wonder if we, if we had <laughs> stayed in New England, if we had moved to New Hampshire, would I, ha- I probably would have just gone to the same high school for four years and wouldn't have had any of this. Well, it's interesting because now that you're mentioning the, uh, hey, Ma, can I just go to the school down the street that's a public school, yada, yada. Yeah. Now it sounds almost like you were fated to go to multiple high schools because right. whether it's New Hampshire, right. Arizona or what. <laughs> and here's the right. interesting thing. I would imagine New Hampshire the cost of living is probably way higher than Arizona. So in one regard, as a single parent, your mom probably was able to do the Arizona finances a little bit easier than the back east. Uh, so yes and no. I think the cost of living is higher in, because in, I know in Massachusetts, the cost, of high, uh, the cost of living is much higher, but also the average pay is much higher as well. So if you look at it from a sheer number, like, oh, what does it cost to own a house? Yeah, I, in, in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, I think it is. And I know in New Hampshire, they have higher property taxes because they have no sales tax. So like there's some balance somewhere. Um, but I also know that my mom struggled to get back to what she was making in Massachusetts. She t- it took her a few jobs and a few promotions to get. Right? So she basically had like three or four years where she was making less money than she had been making. Um, but because the cost of living was lower, it wasn't as big of an effect. Um, although there, there were some struggles, we definitely got food from some food banks and we, I know we got some, um, kind of goodwill clothes for a while there. Cause a single mom and two kids while my dad was waiting for his, his, uh, government job transfer to go through, you know, she, was <laughs> a single mom raising two teenage boys by herself. Easy, you know? Um, I thank so you, I thank you for sharing that by the way, because for the folks at home, I've known Andy for the past two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. And Andy, I, I didn't really know that you had the food uh, pantry uh, experience. And I didn't it, know that you yeah. kind of dealt with some poverty being in a single uh, mom household. Did your dad stay back East or did he end up so, in Arizona? So my dad, my dad put in for a transfer um, before we moved, but because he worked for the U S government, um, he, he was, basically warned by a lot of his coworkers, like, Hey, if they offer you a transfer at a lower pay rate, don't take it. Um, or at a lower position, don't take it like transfer for your position where you are. And so that ended up taking, uh, let's see, we moved out in June of 96 and he showed up Valentine's day, 1998. So almost two years. Um, and we, we went back and, and visited in, in, uh, summer of 97. And, uh, we talked to them on the phone almost, almost every weekend. So, it wasn't like my dad wasn't in my life, but he wasn't physically there. Uh, and we understood, right. It wasn't, it wasn't his choice. It was if, if he could have done, uh, but my, like my dad was handicapped and stuff. So he couldn't just come out and get another job. Right. And it wouldn't have been fair for any of us to put him through that. Did uh, he know about your schooling and did he kind of, did it raise we, an eyebrow with him? We, we kept him abreast of what was happening for sure. Um, but my dad, uh, my dad, my dad studied uh, Buddhism and Taoism, um, and kind of lived by the. Bruce Lee uh, had the philosophy "Be like water," 
right? Like when the water is is in a stream, it can be very powerful. When it's running, it's very powerful and it can wear anything down. But if the water is in a bowl, just be the bowl. If the water is in a cup, just be the cup. You know, and and so my dad, because he wasn't around, you know, he he would offer his advice, but you know, he was like, hey, if this is what uh, if this is what we think is best for the kids, then then just we'll just go with that. Um, so, so tell me, so tell me about your first experience in a new public school because you go from this school where you're <laughs> one of three sophomores and one of thirty students to fifty students overall, right? And and teachers like are coming and going, like and curriculums coming and going, and now all of yeah. a sudden you've got twelve hundred in your little individual junior or senior class, right? This is yeah, my senior class, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it it's funny because it it just kind of felt like junior high again because uh, I went to a public junior high school in it back in Massachusetts, and so. Uh, it just sort of felt like the last three years didn't matter. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh yeah, this is this is the high school. This is the thing you see on TV. Like, this is the high school you see on Saved by the Bell. This is the high school you see on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on at the time, right? Except there were a lot less demons and vampires. Um, yeah, and so that year went away. Like, I didn't really make any new friends. Like, I, I kind of, you know, I got along with people okay, and I've run into some people from them from from that year since then. But like, I never really clicked with anyone. Um, one or two kids I, I hung out with while we were there, but after school ended, it was sort of, sort of over. Um, I really just showed up, did my work, went home, did my homework and did what I could to get out of there. Um, Andy, Andy, you know, and then as we're coming, you you know, what's strange you and I, um, in case people are wondering, Andy and I are coworkers at voice America. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you and I are the type that we can have two or three hour conversations with the new guy. Right. And, you know, whoever the new guy might be. Right. And it just seems kind of striking that both you and I in high school, while we did have friends, um, we didn't necessarily have a big popular gang surrounding us. I find that interesting in your in your case, because you're so easy to speak with and so outgoing. I think I think the fact that I moved and changed schools a lot is what's made me easy to get along with Um, when when you just have your your set group of friends and, and you all are there all the time it's real easy to just be like, yeah, this is how society works. This is the way that we have worked. This is the way that it's always worked with my circle of friends. And, and you know, a person, a, people will come and go from that circle. But um, because we moved a lot, I had to learn how to get along with people and how to, you know, we get split up into class assignments, get split up into groups or whatever. I have to learn how to get along with everybody because I, I haven't gone to school with everyone since kindergarten or whatever. You know, I never had. Um, most hey, I think the longest I'd been at anywhere was like four years. Hey, I know this is a little off track, but your first couple years in this charter school, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it's such a small group that it's intimate settings. You know your three fellow sophomores, so to speak. But in this school, did you have to start dealing with like bullying and stuff like that? Or as seniors, were you guys kind of already adults? So it wasn't really so, Yeah, fortunately, uh by the time <laughs> by the time I hit my senior year. Uh, I had basically gone through all of puberty and I was about 230 pounds of uh, pretty solid. I mean, like I had a little bit of a tummy, but I was pretty solid, pretty big dude. Um, I'd already started growing my hair out. It was already past my shoulders. I hadn't, I didn't have any of the, the facial hair yet, but like I was a big, scary looking guy already. And there were people who just didn't want any, like they would look at me and just, you know, go, walk the other way, which is a pattern that's continued my entire life. Um which is weird because I was always a very small, skinny little kid. And then puberty hit and I just ballooned up to this, you know, wrestler looking guy. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I never, I never had to deal with any bullying or anything. I mean, they were, they were, you know, the smart ass kids or whatever, but nothing, nothing I couldn't handle. 
Um, so as, as that year is finishing up or whatever, and we're getting closer to graduation, you know, I, I went and spoke with a guidance counselor. We were looking at my transcripts and we realized I'm actually short a couple of credits because of that lost semester uh, in 10th grade. And so uh, I was short some PE credits. I was short, I think, uh, a science, like a lab science credit and uh, one, like a, like a humanities elective or something like that. Some, some weird thing. Um, I smell, so, I smell summer school. You know, so that was a possibility that was offered to me, but I thought I didn't want to do summer school. I just wanted to be fucking done. <laughs> and I just wanted to get out. Yes. So, um, so my mom and I, my mom, uh, and I think one day my dad, like we took a few days where, you know, we, I, tr I would, we would go to the other high schools and, um, you know, oh, hey, I took kickboxing, you know, with one of the, the teachers taught kickboxing after school. Uh, and, and at that school, it counted or at, at my senior high school, my final one, they would have counted that as a PE credit. A phys ed cool. So there's options. So, so yeah, we, so we actually, we got around everything and we got down to where um, I, I had to change around my schedule the second semester a little bit. Like I needed a half a year of a lab science. So, um, uh, so like you said, because I had, it looked like I had enough credits going in. Um, I got off after, I think we did seven periods and I got off after six period. Like I, I didn't have that last period for the first semester. So in case you guys at home are just joining us, Andy comes to Arizona from back east and he's ahead of the game because his schools in the back east were about a year ahead of us. And now because of alternative schools, he's found a way to get a little behind <laughs> by his senior year. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to finish up this story and find out why pants are an important part of life. We'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career, as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. 
If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Okay, so Andy, did you end up taking kickboxing? So I had already taken it, actually. Um, I, I had taken it as a, a freshman and I think a little bit as a sophomore. Um, so so we, we counted that as BE credit. Um, I had taken a creative writing class uh, as an elective at the first school, but the last school counted it as an English credit. So um, so we rearranged my schedule a little bit. So I got out of English. I went into a sociology class to count as my humanitarian's elective or whatever. Um, I took a last, last period um, freshman biology class. And that was the one where I noticed the big difference between the Massachusetts and Arizona learning. Um, because the stuff I was learning and granted it was a freshman elective class, but I was a senior and the stuff I was learning as a senior was the stuff I had learned in seventh grade life science class. Um, that seems terribly sad to me. So again, though, it was, it was supposed to be seventh grade versus ninth grade. Right. And like, you know, it, it just, the way it worked out where I happened to be a senior, it was the only one that was open. All the other kids in the class were freshmen. I was the, I was the, you know, the old man there. Um, yeah, but as a result of that, I ended up not doing a lot of homework in that class because I was getting 100% on all the tests. I wasn't doing the homework because I knew it all. Um, I got into some trouble with that, but I talked with the teacher. I did some extra credit work and, and got all that taken care of. Um, like I said, my parents were kind enough to get me to go to all the other schools to get all my credits situated. Um, but one of those days, so so the way that this uh, my senior year school had it set up um, is they took your English class, they would tell you, hey, here's what graduation is going to look like. Here's what, how to prepare for it. Here's the dress code for graduation. Because of my previous experiences and not having an English class that second semester, um, I didn't ever get those announcements. They did take a day to take every senior that didn't have an English class to get them all together in the auditorium and go over it. But that was one of the days I was getting all my credits ready so I could go to graduation. So, so I could graduate. So I just never heard these announcements about what to expect at graduation, where to go, what to wear, which is ridiculous because we were going to be wearing the cap and gown over it anyways. Um, so, By the way, my gown, from what I remember, went like to my knees, I feel like. I, I feel yeah. like it hides most clothing. Yeah. It, it would have gone below, I mean, like mid-calf for me when I yes. put it on. Yeah. So um, thinking, you know, I don't want to ruin, I don't want to ruin my gown before I get there. And I don't really want to walk down the street <laughs> in a cap and gown. 
uh, even though it's graduation night and I'm clearly graduating, like I'll wait till I get to the school and I'll put it on. So, so graduation night, I, I, I'm walking to the school. My mom and dad, uh, my dad's moved out. My mom's seeing someone else and my brother, like they were all at home, but like I had to be there ahead of time for staging and getting to the right place, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I show up in just a straight, and Jessica, you know me, I, I have been black shirt and t uh, black, black shirt and jeans, like forever. Like that's, that's been my, my uniform, right? I, at work, I will dress up if I know we've got something else going on or I'll wear like a, an open button up shirt a lot. Um, yeah, but you but, wear, you wear a lot of skin tight leather where your genitals show. And <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Don't want to give anybody a horrible visual there. Totally kidding. <laughs> no, you strike me as like, like, I can't imagine you wearing pants that wouldn't, you know, I don't want to yeah. ruin the story. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, so black t-shirt, blue jeans, right? I'm wearing, you know, a new black t-shirt, right? Just no, no band symbols or anything on it. No graphics, just a black t-shirt uh, and a, a new pair of blue jeans. And then like my black sneakers or whatever, uh, my black new balance sneakers. I probably, I had at the time. Um, I show up and everyone, everyone at the school is in like an Oxford shirt and like slacks. And I was like, huh, I didn't think I was going to feel underdressed because I assumed... <laughs> There are going to be That's, kids who were like naked under their gown or whatever. So right? you feel like, so you feel like you've entered Harry Potter school all of a sudden out of the blue, kind right? Of, Everybody looks yeah, really yeah. to the nines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I see one of the kids from a math class and I was like, man, I, I feel a little like I, I, you know, said something like, Oh, I feel under this. Like, Oh man, everyone here is a lot fancier than me. And he was like, Oh yeah, man, I don't know what you're going to do about that. And I was like, what? And he goes, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I had no idea. Right. So, so like, okay, it comes time to, to start heading into the school, filing into the school or whatever. And, and um, I think she was the assistant principal, one of the administrative women at the school. Uh, uh, and I apologize for not remembering, but again, it's 20 years ago. Um, I don't even remember her name. Uh, basically it was like, you're not, you're not wearing the right stuff. Go home, go home and change. Oh, okay, that, like, that sounds better than go home. Go home and change. So she gave you the option. Sure, sure. And I was like, what What are you talking about? She's like, you're not wearing a, a white button-up shirt and slacks. Go home and change. And I was like, what the hell are you, what? So like I stormed home and I was just pissed. And and I, I came in and I threw my sunglasses down and uh, my mom and her partner and, and my dad and my brother were all like, what the hell happened? And I told them and they were like, well, that's crap. And my mom's partner at the time was a lawyer. So <laughs> they were all set to, you know, get all, on top of all this. Uh, but like they, they're like, okay, well, let's go, you know, let's go be um, reasonable and let's go talk to everyone calmly and find out what we can find out. And so that's, you know, we went up and we ran into a couple of teachers that I knew and stuff and talked with them about it. And they were like, yeah, so this is the dress code. This is what was supposed to happen. And I was like, well, that's insane because I literally... I have not heard any of this. The first I'm hearing of any of this is that we have a dress code for graduation where what I'm wearing isn't going to matter because I'm going to be wearing a black gown over it anyways. It's going to go to mid-calf. You're going to see six inches of my pants. And Andy, um, let's be honest, slacks, you probably had on at least, you probably didn't have on tennis shoes, did you? you oh, here, no, here's the thing. I, I'm black t-shirt and blue jeans kid. I didn't own those. Out, I, I didn't own those clothes. I didn't have a single pair of slacks. I didn't have a button-up shirt. Right. Like it would have been, hey, we have to go run to, to Target or Mervyn's or whatever, go pick this stuff up and then hope we can come back in time. Right. In addition to the like, you know, 50 bucks, we probably didn't really have that it was going to cost to buy this stuff for graduation. Had the school done their job and, you know, let me know that I was supposed to be wearing this stuff, which in hindsight, apparently they tried and failed. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so we get there and and we, we get talking to people and we end up talking to the girls soccer coach. And he and I were about the same size. And uh, so so we, we checked like the drama department. There were no pairs of slacks that were going to fit me or anything. Uh, but the, the soccer coach and I were about the same size. And so we go into like the men's room and we both start, like I, we were both undoing our belts and unzipping our fly. And I just look at him. I was like, dude, this sounds so unimpro inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Like I just looked at him and I was like, you know what, man, fuck this. And he was like, what? And I was like, listen, I'm not going to wear another man's pants to my high school graduation. What a great story. I love this. So tell me though, wasn't this teacher a hero? If you think about it, I mean, who he, the heck okay, goes up like, to some random student says, Hey, you're my size. Here's my slacks. Let's go in right. the bathroom. No, for by, by all. Yeah. Yeah. By all means, this guy was doing the best he could to help me out. And I, I very much appreciate that. And sir, if I, if you're listening to this, I don't remember your name. You will remember this story because when else would this have happened to you in your life? Thank you again. Um, but yeah, man, like I just, it, I, I wasn't going to wear another man's pants to my high school graduation. And then I came out and my dad was like, what happened? And I was, I told him and he was like, see, Andy, here's the thing though. This is like, if you go to a black tie restaurant, right? If you want to get into that restaurant, you have to wear a black tie. And I looked at my dad and I said, no, dad, this is not like that because then I can go to a different restaurant. Now I can't go to a different high school graduation. And my dad, to his credit, it was the first time my dad had ever thrown up his hands and said, you know what? This is, you're right. This is fucking bullshit. First time I had ever convinced my dad that he was completely wrong on a point, uh, which I take as a, 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 you know, point of personal pride. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just, you know, like, yeah, we can be the water as much as we want, but someone's dumping toxic waste in this this river. Like you got to be a you got to be a dam every now and then, right? And stop yeah, that exactly, water from flowing. Exactly. So so I my high school graduation ended with me standing at the chain link fence outside the football field watching the rest of my class graduate and me not getting to walk. Oh my god, that is such a shocking ending. I thought you I was never guessing you'd go there. Okay, first off, yeah. let's have some fun yeah. with this. Not to not oh, to Oh, there's there's more to this story. Though. Oh, keep going, keep going. Keep okay. Going. So so I watched the entire class graduate. I'm not even in the state. Like we're not even in the bleachers on the football field. Like I'm standing with my hands on the chain link fence, just watching. Right. <laughs> also, congratulations to my classmates who had some questionable grades and weren't sure if they're going to get to graduate. I you- ran into a couple of them, congratulated them for graduating because they got to. Um, so as soon as it was all over, my mom stormed onto the football field and made a straight beeline for the principal and just screamed her head off was like, I want you to know that you ruined my son's graduation, blah, 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 blah. And this guy had no idea what was going on. He had not heard anything about this. It was like, whoa, what happened? And was like, okay, we can deal with this. Can we talk about that? Like right now I have a lot of things to do. Can we talk about this tomorrow morning at nine o'clock in my office? And we all were like, yeah, that's okay. Sure, fine. Um, <laughs> that, is so- un- that is unsatisfying though. It is. Because tomorrow it is. Is, t- is too tomorrow late. Tomorrow is not. Well, today. and the graduation was over at that point. Right. So, so the next morning, uh, I, I don't. I honestly don't remember which of my parents it was. It was probably my mom. Um, but one of my parents and I went to the principal's office. Um, he issued. He gave us a full cash refund for the graduation gown, which I had to purchase, incidentally. Um, 
and didn't get to use. He did let me keep the graduation tassel with the year 2000 on it. And I still have that. So that was nice. Um, uh, got my diploma in the mail a couple weeks later, whatever. Like, it, like we got that all straightened away. He apologized. He said if he had known, he would have, you know, tried to find a solution for us. Didn't say he would have let me just walk, but said if it was up to him, he would have found something. Um, we ended up going to a school board meeting a couple weeks later, told them the story. And the school district, uh, so this is the Scottsdale, Arizona Unified School District, incidentally, has now said that no one can be turned away from their high school graduation for not following a school's dress code. Bravo. So Andy, in a weird way, your pain paved the way for future people to avoid that same pain. Yeah. So um, one of the friends that, one of the kids I did kind of befriend that year, um, and I, we, we were friends. We hung out a lot until he moved to uh, California um, in, in 2002. But the next year when he graduated, um, he ended up graduating from a different school in the same district. He just wore a Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts and some sandals under his gown. No problem, no muss, no fuss. No one said anything. Nobody cared. Um, so that was, you know, I was at his graduation because we were buddies and, and like that was cool. I was, I was happy for him to graduate, but there was kind of a like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> um, and then a few years later, when my brother graduated, um, my brother, like I said, he's five years younger than me. And he actually started school a year later because um, he was born sort of in the middle of the school year. So um, when he graduated and they were going over the the requirements for graduation, they did say, and make sure you wear your, uh, you know, the, the dress code because you don't want to be like the one kid a few years ago who didn't get to graduate. <laughs> so... On one hand, I have a rule uh, in the school district that says that what happened to me can't happen to me. And I became a a temporary legend at the school as the kid that didn't get to walk graduation because I had the wrong kind of pants on. I think there's a different legend. You're one of the few students that's had a teacher go into the bathroom and say, take off your (laughs) pants that wasn't a victim of abuse. And by the way, that teacher deserves a medal because let's face it he was probably dressed somewhat nice and he's agreeing to basically swap spots with you yeah Um, yeah. was there something really detestable about that that ultimately made you say no we're not going this route because it It sounds like at first you were contemplating it i mean where you started yeah i mean i was belt and you know i I was down to the point where yeah my my my, uh fly was open and my my (laughs) pants were unbuttoned and everything like it was we were ready to swap pants and i was like like I kind of got to that point. Like it was all it all made sense until it was like I'm actually taking off my pants and I'm gonna put on some other man's pants. I I had never met this guy before. I like I had seen him. I knew he was the girl soccer coach, but like I just it was a weird sensation. Like it was a weird situation to be in. Where like I'm going to wear another man's pants. He's been here all day. Oh, uh, Andy! It's the end of May. He's probably been sweating, like out sweating in the heat, which like, listen, again, nothing personal against him. Just like that's a that's something I have to consider is like, I don't know how sweaty this guy is. I don't know what his hygiene is like. And I'm going to wear his pants to my graduation because of some arbitrary artificial rule that some administrator made up at some point in history that really doesn't matter because again you're going to see like four to six inches of jeans below my gown and literally nobody is going to care now at the top end were the guys in ties were you supposed to be in a tie too where your tie would kind of show on the uh i think uh, so so okay so another postscript to this story is that after like a week after graduation it turns out the school had sent out a letter and for some reason mine got lost in the mail 
So you know, that might this, that might be fate because if you don't go this through this weird perfect storm of events, man. Yeah. We're like because of my missed credits, because of you know they took one day to tell everyone that didn't have an English class, I wasn't in English class, and they sent out a letter that got lost in the mail that didn't show up for an extra two weeks or whatever. Like this weird perfect storm of events was just like, yeah, Andy, you don't get to do the thing that you wanted to do four and a half years ago when we were having that dinner in that restaurant. Andy, I cannot believe that I haven't heard this story before, but it makes sense when you and I do our <laughs> Chipotle thing at lunch or we go to Taco mm-hmm. Bell or wherever we might be eating for the day. Mm-hmm. We talk based on things we see and experience on the car ride there. Right. And so there was no reason for us to ever talk about your needing pants to graduate. <laughs> that is well, a beautiful and, story, though, because and, there's and, so many little twists. And, and let's be honest, how many people you know, 20 years later, talk about their high school graduation at all, right? Most people just had a normal high school graduation. Yeah, uh, I, I will say I did, I did plan, uh, I, I was thinking as I was gonna go across the stage, I did think, yes, I'm going to be the jerk that falls on purpose. Like I'm gonna act like I trip. Uh, and then I ended up having a much better story anyways. So, um, and then when I, when I graduated from college, I definitely went to walk that one. And then they mispronounced my last name. So I've actually never had a good. Wait a minute. Your last name is pretty easy. If you guys want to look at it on the e-card below, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's Costello, like Abbott and, right? Right. But but because Arizona has a very large Hispanic population, that double L is often pronounced like a Y. So I got, you know, Andy Costello when I was walking. Hey, that's and a cool name too, though. I like it, both listen, of them. Nothing, nothing against people with that last name. Nothing with the Castillos, people with similar names. Like I, you know, I don't, but it, that's not how my name is pronounced. Right? Andy, if it makes you feel better, because we've only got 30 seconds, I just want to let you know, I believe I could be wrong on this because I haven't seen you well, but I believe you recently celebrated last year with me at your 36th birthday or 37th. Mm-hmm, how old are you mm-hmm. now? Uh, 38. Yeah. You are aging so much better than your fellow <laughs> classmates. So I want you to know that, you know, you are aging so well. There's not a wrinkle on this man's face. Thank when you. he shaves, when he shaves his face, he's got baby skin. So you, you look great. But uh, I think the moral of the story is, is that no matter how crappy a situation is, you know, not everybody's against you. It sounds like you did have some people that were on your side. Yeah. And um, I love that you're, you mentioned that your mom, her partner, and your dad. It sounds like even though your mom and dad divorced, they were really good friends. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be uh, calling it quits for the show, but I want to invite everybody to join us again next week when we have another person sharing another great story. Until then, have a great day. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.